you Yeah, yo There whenever it matters and even more when you feel like it doesn't Protect you so you never feel like you wasn't Know I'm right alongside you, here by that I'm behind you But always got you, end the discussion, nothing means more First one to offer his shoulders for what you preach for Thought I saw the eyes of the world until I seen yours And know that I ain't see a better view yet I'm with whatever, so don't ever you fret Know that you covered, not a hurdle or a heartbreak To change what a part take Cause none of them won't ever get comfortable in your walkway My job is to aware you, fully loaded Prepare you for all of the above that I'm never letting get near you. But still, I know, give you every advantage I found. Couldn't find a better fit for them along with my crown. And since the baton was passed, hopping down, cause feeling's not an option and dad is not a noun, not at all. Welcome, welcome to That Is Not A Now. I'm with the man that you saw in the video. This brother is an amazing brother. I am truly honored and privileged to have this brother on with me. He is the founder of a nonprofit organization called Empowering Cuts, Joshua Santiago. Thank you for joining the Dad Is Not A Now YouTube podcast. How you doing, brother? I'm good, man. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it again, man, for extending the hand, man. Seriously, I really appreciate you, bro. Seriously, man. No, man, this is all love. 7,500 haircuts worldwide in the United States. Where did you have the stamina and just the level of just grind to get that done? Talk about that, please. Honestly, man, um, it's, it's crazy because, like, for me, honestly, when I was in barber school, this is something that my barber instructor really installed in us. Like, his thing was, you know, the class, y'all don't have experience cutting hair, so what we're going to do is we're going to attack these shelters, and we're going to provide a free service to them, but y'all y'all still going to be getting y'all practicing at the same time, you know? Um, so that's really where it all started from, honestly. And to this day, man, I just give so much credit to my barber instructor because if it wasn't for him, honestly, I'd still be a knucklehead, you know, running the streets. <laughs> crazy out here, man. So I really appreciate him because 
me going to barber school really changed my life. You know, it changed my life. It, it definitely did. But let's talk about your um, your early days because, you know, you definitely had struggles. Talk about that a little bit. I know your mom had yeah. her struggles. You know, your father was probably – he was the man that was holding it down, but he was having his struggles. But talk about that a little bit growing up. Honestly, man, growing up, I always felt neglected. You know, I felt neglected because, you know – it was like my dad was there, but he wasn't there, you know, because he was getting high, but he was a functional addict. So he can, you know, uphold the job, but um, he would get high, you know, and get drunk, stuff like that. And that was, you know, priority to him, you know. So as a kid, man, I always felt like my back was against the wall. Um, and my brother was a role model to me, you know, but my brother, he would do he, he, he would run the streets and get money that way. And since he was my role model, that's the same thing that I did, you know. And unfortunately, I ended up in juvenile detention centers um, from the age of 13 all the way to 18. When I turned 18 and rolled over to the adult system until I turned about like 24, 25. And then that's when I rolled into barber school. And literally, that's what changed my life, honestly, because if it wasn't for that, like, I, I just wouldn't really know where I'll be at today, honestly, you know. Um, my relationship with my mom, honestly, I really never had a relationship with her. Um, as I said in the video, like, she'd been on drugs my whole life. Um, prostituting, you know, homeless my whole life, stuff like that. So I really never had, you know, um, I'm so sorry. I never really had uh, a relationship with her at all. You know, not too long ago, it's crazy because not too long ago, I actually um, was able to get her inside of a recovery home. You know, we sat down, actually interviewed her as well. Just asked her a couple of questions. It's deep, bro. It's deep. I'm, I'm going to share that. I'm going to share that with you. I'm going to share that with you. Um, I interviewed her, asked her a couple of questions. Um, and, you know, right after that, we was able to place her inside of a treatment center. She did the 30 days and then she got transferred back to Philadelphia. And as I say here in Philly, it, it's rough because the thing here is that you got recovery homes on this corner and then right down the street, you got people that's dealing drugs. So you, it, it would never work, you know? So she got transferred back to Philly after doing 30 days clean. And when she got transferred back to Philly, that's when she just she left the program, you know. So to this day, she's like, you know, earlier, it's crazy. Earlier, she texted me. She was like, I don't want you to be mad at me. And I sit here and I said, I'm not mad at you because you tried, you know. And, you know, you did the 30 days outside of Philly. And we all know that coming back to Philly wasn't the best option. It just wasn't at all, you know. Um, so I forgive her just as well as I forgive my dad, because now that I'm older, I understand addiction. You know, I understand it. I don't, I don't understand it in the perspective as an addict, because I only smoked one time in my life, never smoked after that drunk one time in my life, never drunk after that. So I don't understand it as an addict, but me working and doing this kind of work that I do now. I understand it and I forgive them, you know, like I forgive them, like, and I love them to pieces, like, you know, so. But do you feel like the power of forgiveness takes the weight off of your shoulders because that hatred and that frustration just goes away and you just yes. love them regardless because you know nobody's perfect? Yes. So how did you learn that level of empathy? Because again, it's not something that is taught. You yeah. have it. Oh, you don't have it. So yeah. like 
just just break down that level of empathy you have for your for your for your mom, your dad, even though they're going through their struggles, as well as just homeless people in general. Where where did that come from, bro? You know what's crazy is that I think for me, people see me that I provide free haircuts for the homeless. It's deeper than just a haircut. I'm conversing with these individuals and I'm having real life conversations with them. Whereas though, not only are they giving me hugs when they get out the chair, but they're crying, you know, right now, as we speak, I got this guy named Rob, Rob, um, about, I want to say about probably like three weeks ago, I was cutting hair. He was like, Hey man, just wanted to let you know that I cut hair as well. And if you need my help, uh, he was like, if you need my help, I could, I could help you. So I'm like, yeah, I got extra clippers. We got to find a chair for you. You cut hair. He sat next to me. He was cutting hair the whole time. You know, right after he got done cutting hair, me and him got done cutting hair. He was like, Josh, I just want to let you know that I'm getting clean because I really love this and I want to be a part of this, you know? So to this day, I want to say two days after that, he went inside of recovery. He's in recovery to this day. I got off the phone with him last night and he said, bro, just wanted to let you know that I get out the 13th of April. And if you could pick me up, man, that'll be a blessing, you know? So it's just stuff like that. It's deeper than just a haircut, man. So like when I'm giving these people a haircut, I'm conversing with these individuals just about life, you know, and I'm telling them about my story and I'm telling them about the things that I went through with my mom and with my, and with my dad and, you know, how it affected me growing up. And I just think that I just give them a little bit of motivation, you know, put a little fire behind it. But every time they sit in the chair, you know, that's what besides them getting up and they looking all fresh and they looking real good. you know. So I feel you, man. And that's the one thing about, you know, being in that community. You know what I mean? I'm from Jersey and okay. the barbershop is like the place. It's like the ther- it's like a, a, a the therapist spot, even though you get the fresh cut. But that's a place where you become vulnerable. Yes. People don't understand the powerful of the barbershop in our communities. You know what I mean? Yes. So kind of, I know you talked about a little bit, but talk about that for yourself into just just as an individual individual working in a barbershop and how it impacts you, not just in helping the homeless, but just like regular customers that come in. Talk I about that, bro. It's not to talk about because I never worked in a barbershop. Before. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> so literally, bro, like what I mean, like, and honestly, I would never work in a barbershop. I sat down right. with a friend of mine not too long ago, and I don't want to get this misconstrued. Like, I don't knock the barbers that cut at barbershops. I love the I love the industry in general, you know. Um, fresh out of barber school at Fresh out of barber school, that's when I started, you know, cutting hair on the streets. And it was just that the whole time. You know, when I graduated barber school, my barber instructor, I mean, my barber school ended up going bankrupt around that time. So I was able to graduate on time and I put in for a forgiveness loan because they went bankrupt and they approved the forgiveness loan. So the $20,000 that I went to barber school for, I didn't have to pay it back. So I just felt like I could just pay that forward, you know? And ever since then, bro, honestly, it worked out for me because the thing here is that, as I told you, I've been a troubled kid since, listen, I've been getting into trouble since the age of 13, you know? So for me, honestly, I felt like I did so wrong that for me to just turn, look, for me to turn my life around and just try to do something good for the first time in my life, 
it works. It's been working for me for the last five years, you know, and social media has played a big, has been a, has played a big role in everything that I have going on right now. You know, when it comes to me fundraising and just having so many people that support me and it's not that many followers that I have, but it's genuine individuals that really love what I do. And literally I can make a post about something and people would jump from me because they just love what I do, you know? So. And I'm a fan, but also talk about the mobilization of it, like moving, like, yeah. like, like moving to place to place to meet people doing haircuts and actually having a place that people come to. So like kind of talk about the difference between the two. Um, The traveling aspect of it, like traveling. I know you're still trying to get it all set up and everything, but how does that, how does that make you feel just to just travel to like to travel and meet different people instead of yeah. being in this one spot yeah. and people coming to you instead of you yeah. just going to the people. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing, man, because I never had the opportunity to travel until I started doing this. And I knew that when I started it, I you know was cut here in Philadelphia, and I just knew that the homeless population was way is is way larger than just my hometown, you know. So when I took it on the road. I actually was able to witness that everywhere that I travel, individuals were homeless for all different reasons. It just wasn't because of drug addiction. Here in Philadelphia in the Cousinton section, a majority of the homeless population is because of drugs. And a majority of the homeless individuals are not from Philadelphia. They come to Philadelphia because we have a large train line, you know, and you got people pouring in from New Jersey, people pouring in from Delaware, Chester, just all these other places because Cousinton that's where is that? That's where everybody go. So um, just having the privilege to travel and, you know, me, Chicago, and um, I was just in L.A. not too long ago. And, you know, being in L.A., it opened my eyes and gave me a whole different perspective because when I was in L.A., it was families that was homeless out here. It was babies. It was kids. They got animals in cages. They got, you know, people that sleep in our, in, in, in like trucks and RVs parked on it. It's, it's just crazy because it's like you got a lot of individuals that go to L.A. to like, you know, make their dreams come true. And when it doesn't happen, they out in the streets. So you got individuals that used to be millionaires that's homeless out there right now, you know, and. It's, it's, it's just sad, man. But me personally, I love the fact that I'm able to travel and touch so many lives, man. And um, just being able to connect with individuals on a whole nother aspect. It's crazy, right? Because I just created a TikTok account, I want to say 13 days ago, right? And I've been sleeping on TikTok the whole time. I launched my TikTok account literally to, to up to date right now. I have probably close to 70,000 followers in 13 days over probably like six, seven million views on there already in 13 days. It's insane. But the thing here is that one of the videos that I posted was when I was in Dallas, Texas. It was this guy that was laying down. I woke him up, gave him a fresh haircut. He went about his way. That video went viral on TikTok and all of his family members end up reaching out to me. And basically this is an individual that they didn't see in so long. I mean, his daughter, his daughter, mom, his brothers, his cousins, his aunts, everybody, the whole family reached out to me and basically asked me, where can they find them? 
I really didn't know where it was at, but I was out there with my friends that's from Dallas. So I had to reach out to them. And, you know, on the iPhones, if you take a picture at a location, they yeah. could, you can map the location. So my friend sent me the location. I sent it to one of the brothers. The brother actually drove out to um, Dallas and was able to find his brother. And they picked him up. And right now he's in Mississippi right now. They drove from Dallas to Mississippi and he's with a other brother right now. But He's with the family again. You know, this is a guy that was battling schizophrenia. So it's not his his homelessness doesn't it's not surrounded around drug addiction It's a mental illness, you know, and stuff like that. So, like, you know, just it's, listen, man, listen, it's, it's different, bro. And I literally in life, man, can't see myself ever doing anything else. Like I'll be doing this for the rest of my life. Bro, you, you're changing lives, man, and it's an awesome thing. And especially like in this COVID world, how were how were you able to keep going? Because some because you know we were completely shut down for like months and months. So how were you able to just keep trucking? Yeah, it, it didn't slow me down at all. The only time it did slow me down is when I contracted COVID. I did contract COVID once, and what happened? I so it was during an it was during an event. A majority of the time I was taking my mask off, laughing with people and, you know, how I interact with people all the time, shaking their hands. I don't wear gloves and everybody always gets on me for me not wearing gloves. But I don't wear gloves because if I was in their shoes, honestly, like I wouldn't want nobody touching me gloves. You feel me? Like I don't want someone to look at me like, oh, he got gloves on because I'm dirty or this way. Like that's why I don't wear gloves. I totally understand that I have to for, you know, like, you know, health purposes and stuff like that. But. I'm just totally against gloves, man. So I just don't wear them. But um, yeah, I contracted COVID and it, it sucked because that's the only time that it slowed me down. It slowed me down for like three weeks. But right after that, I was back out there traveling and giving out free haircuts, you know? <laughs> it was too much, man. But um, it, it was COVID, it, it did a lot, though. You know, a lot of people passed from it and it's just, it's just a sad thing, you know? Right, but at the same time, with COVID, people are looking for something to to believe in. For sure, a lot of people following your message because you 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 bring a sense of hope to a lot of people, you know. And then also, you're changing the narrative when it comes to poverty and mm -hmm. um, people in the hard times because you know we live in a society where people people that are in poverty are looked in a different light, you know. Yeah. You know, and so you're you're telling them you're telling their story by giving them a haircut, and mm -hmm. and, and it's a beautiful thing. And then also, you know, you're a father too, man. So talk about that. Uh, it's, it's, it's you know, talk it's, it's, just, just talk about the importance yeah. of um. You know, I know, you know, your child kind of see what you do a little bit, right? Or yeah, sure, without a doubt, yes. And so, so how does that kind of impact your relationship? So the, so the thing here, honestly, is, is is difficult because I try to balance, you know, just just try to balance it. But um, I consider myself a great father. Like all of my children want to be barbers and hairstylists and, you know, stuff like that. Like right now, I'm actually teaching my five year old um, how to cut hair, you know, and he literally loves it. Literally, he burns me out about how much he talks about barbering. Seriously, it's just so draining, like. A, a kid watch cartoons on YouTube? No, he watched Barber and stuff. Like he could name all of my clippers 
And he knows one of the first he knows how to spell empowering cuts. He's only five years old. And I'm like, bro, you burn me out all day. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing, man. Being a father is definitely a beautiful thing. Um, so I don't know if you um, I don't know if you know any of this. But so I have three children from my second baby mom and I have full custody of them three kids because um, my baby mom, she's on drugs, you know, um, her drug addiction stemmed from her um, messing with crack cocaine and then, you know, her her messing with heroin now. And when it comes to that, honestly, it sucks because, like, I have three kids that look for, you know, their mom and that misses their mom. But, um, you know, I, I feel like not that I come up with an excuse because it's like, you know, hey, mommy is at work or mommy is this, because the last thing that I want, honestly, is for me to be like, you know, mom this or mom that. And then she ends up, you know, getting her stuff together and they're still viewing her a certain way, you know? Um, so me being a parent, I, I think it's like, I think I grow every day, you know, I think I grow every day, but it's difficult. Um, it's definitely difficult being a parent, but I love it, man. Like I wouldn't trade, I wouldn't trade it for anything. You know, I wouldn't trade it for anything. I feel like I grind so hard because of my kids, you know, every single time we drive by somebody that's homeless, they want me to give them money. And I'm like, that's cool, but come on, man. Like, you know, like it's just because they see what I do in the community all the time. And, you know, like, it's just, it's a beautiful thing, especially when, you're a positive role model, you know, in your children's lives and, you know, money and money, honestly, is just like, that's the last thing that we worry about. And, you know, as in like, you know, me trying to teach them that, you know, money isn't everything, you know, like me going out here and providing these free haircuts to individuals that can't afford it is because like, if I was ever in this position or if we were ever in this position, I want somebody to do the same thing for us. That's it. Point blank period. You know, like, because I know how important a haircut is to me as a man. I love a haircut. I got my hat on right now because I don't got a haircut, but you know, I still have a barber. Like people like, what? You got a barber? You can't cut your own hair. I'm like, I can, but I just, I just love going to the actual barbershop and love the barbershop settings, you know? So, and then as a father, what does the word legacy mean to you? Mm. Mm. It, it, listen, I, I think that's what my five-year-old is working up to, man, because all he talks about is empowering cuts. So for sure, man, I think that, you know, me being able to have at this point, I know when he gets older, we're gonna have multiple RVs, multiple barbershop, mobile barbershops everywhere. And I think having him cut hair with me side by side is gonna be it's gonna be mind blowing because at that point, it's not gonna be about me no more. Everybody gonna be like, "Oh, it's a five year old that's cutting hair for the homeless," so he's gonna take over on a whole nother level, you know. <laughs> um, so for sure, man, it's definitely important, and I feel like. I feel like I'm setting the right example for sure for them. You know, like I, I definitely think I am for sure. And you are, man. You're setting that standard. And I love your diligence because I remember you started your first GoFundMe page and yeah. you know it didn't work out to for where sure. it's at now, man. Yeah. So tell me how you feel now. Cause you kind of kind of 
kind of close to it. You you're almost at the no, we passed it already. We passed it because we talk about it. (laughs) Right. So real quick. So we um we launched our GoFundMe account back. So I purchased the RV in February of last year. And it was already gutted out all of that. I only paid $2,000 for this RV. And the $2,000 came from previous donations that people donate. So I saved all of that up. The $2,000 went towards the um, RV. And it was extremely discouraging because I would have people come out, contractors come out that build houses from the ground up that didn't know what to do with it. I had people that were sitting here telling me, listen, you might as well get rid of that and let's just start over with a new one, you know? Um, so we we launched the GoFundMe account. We launched the GoFundMe account, I want to say March, April. Yeah, probably March, April. Yeah, is, yeah, March, April of last year. And um, we landed up on a shade room right around that time. And we were able to raise about like $20,000 in less than 24 hours. Um, right after that, we were nominated, um, go, um, we were nominated GoFundMe hero of that month and they email blast all of their donors. We were able to do like 25,000 in less than 10 hours, you know? So it was massive amount of money that we were actually raising and even previous, and I'm sorry, I skipped this even previous to us actually launching it. We knew that we wanted to launch it. So we were actually collecting cash donations and it was just me driving to people's house and people just giving us money. And we were able to raise, I want to say like five, close to $5,000 in cash, like straight cash, like that people was just giving us. And, um, right now our GoFundMe account, I want to say is that like, I want to say is definitely at like I think it's like at fifty eight thousand, like fifty eight thousand dollars. So we surpassed that. We definitely surpassed it. You know, we definitely surpassed that for sure. You know, but um, the mobile barbershop. Just speaking on, just speaking a little bit about that real quick. Um, it should be done within the next couple of days. Nice. And what I mean is beautiful, bro. Like I'll share it with you. You know, it's definitely beautiful. And um, I wish I could share it with your platform for for real, for real. Let me know. Um, make that we'll, happen, man. No, we're gonna make it happen. We're gonna make it happen. We'll try to give you some exclusive content. I, you know I me? appreciate that. Man, <laughs> in this in this current environment, we need positive news, for and sure. that's what that is. now is about. It's about changing the narrative for men of color and fatherhood, but just changing the narrative in general. And that's, that's what right. you're doing, brother. You're changing the narrative when it comes to being. You know, living in Philly, North Philly, because you know Philly gets that stereotype, you know, yeah. and then homeless. So you're changing. You you you're doing your thing, man. Um, but my last and final question: What would you let's say you get a chance to meet your younger self? What would you tell your younger self going through what you went through as a child? What would you tell your what would your adult self? tell to your younger self honestly to be patient um to stay consistent and definitely to stay grounded you know because when i was young, I, I didn't have patience i didn't have patience at all you know and i was living this life that 
once again, like my back was against the wall. So I had to make ends meet. So I was doing a lot of crazy stuff just to make ends meet. Um, I'm glad that I'm still like, I'm glad that I'm still here. You know, I'm glad that I'm still here because I did a lot of crazy stuff. Um, But I would definitely say them three things for sure, you know, because Listen, I'm just glad that I'm still here, you know, for sure, man. For sure, for sure, man. I'm glad you're still here and I'm glad you're doing great work because sometimes, sometimes people that do great work are sometimes never acknowledged. Yeah. And, you know, and what you're doing, I know you're getting acknowledged here and there, but you're still under the radar. Yeah. And so I want to thank you for taking the time to talk to me. Um, Where can people find you? you you want to promote the go fill me pick gun go fund me page because I know it's still alive, right? Yeah, yeah. So basically, um, everybody can find me at Empowering Cuts. Um, that's on that's on Instagram, on Facebook, on TikTok, on LinkedIn. You know, everything is at Empowering Cuts. Um, right now we're actually working on a website. Our website should be done within the next week or two, and um, we'll definitely have like a donate feature on there as well. So. You know, as I said, we got approved for the 501c3 already. So we're taking all donations. If people want to donate lots of money, come on. But, you know, we can make that happen. We can make the, the tax situation happen for you, you know. So um, I just appreciate you, bro. Seriously, man. Once again, thank you for having me on your platform. I appreciate it. And if you need me for anything, man, I'm here. Listen, we let's set up an event. You in Jersey. Let me know. I'll, 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 I'll bring I'll bring the dad. I'll bring the dad is not announced shirt. I need I need one of them too. I need one of them too, man. Listen, let's make something happen, bro. An event we can make something happen. I'll pull the mobile barbershop up. You know, it, it'll be done in the next couple of days, man. And just for the listeners that's listening to this, I just want to let everyone know that you know when 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 we bust out this mobile barbershop, not only are we providing free haircuts. But we're also trying to partner up with treatment centers, you know, so we could get these individuals the help that they actually need, you know. So thank you again, bro. I appreciate you, man. Thank Seriously, you, man. Much love. And we out. Peace. Peace. So for you. Yeah. Yo. There whenever it matters and even more when you feel like it doesn't Protect you so you never feel like you wasn't Know I'm right alongside you, here but that I'm behind you But always got you, end of discussion, nothing means more First wanna offer his shoulders for what you preach for Thought I saw the eyes of the world until I seen yours And know that I ain't see a better view yet I'm with whatever, so don't ever you fret Know that you covered, not a hurdle or a heartbreak To change what a partake, cause none of them won't ever get comfortable in your walkway My job is to aware you, fully loaded Prepare you for all of the above that I'm never letting get near you. But still, I know, give you every advantage I found. Couldn't find a better fit for them along with my crown. And since the baton was passed, I've been down. Cause failing's not an option, and dad is not a noun, not at all. My message to any dad, man, first off, know that yeah, it, it is a hard job, but it's the greatest job in the world. I wouldn't trade it for anything, I wouldn't change anything about it. Everything you're doing from here on out. If it didn't have purpose before, now it has purpose. It's the most important thing you'll ever do. Just be a dad.